Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Coming up on today's show, we got a new look at Tears of the Kingdom. The Nintendo Switch hit a new record and a bunch of other news that's going to make Britney lose her mind. And welcome to another episode of the What's Good Games podcast, your source for video game news, commentary, analysis, and funny stuff every Friday. I'm one of your hosts, Andrea Renee, joined by the blonde nerd, Brittany Brombacher. Oh, oh. Hello, oh. hi. Oh, I'm sorry. Were you drinking something? I was mm-hmm. drinking uh, a Buffalo Trace real quick. I was in Vegas over the weekend, had a lovely time. Our flight was delayed 13 hours. <gasps> it was supposed to take off at 11.15 in the morning, took off at 12.30 a.m. I got to Seattle around 3.30 in the morning. No. Anyway, they gave us so they mad. gave us little minis as a little prize for surviving that long. So um, I'm drinking a Buffalo Trace. All right. Also on the show, Mrs. Rian Manuel Pena. What's good, Andrew? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a terrible travel story that you would also like to share with the class? Um, no, I do not. I've been in the house for more than a week. It's been fam- fantastic. <laughs> that sounds lovely. And please mm-hmm. welcome to the show, very special guest, senior editor at Kotaku, Alyssa Mercante is here. Woohoo! Ah, que fa, What's up? <laughs> it's so great to get you on the show. We've been talking about this for a little while. Rihanna and I had the pleasure of meeting you IRL at the Saints Row event last summer, which yes. feels like a lifetime ago. Oh, it really we does. Had so much fun. It was a really fun event. Shout out to the team at Deep Silver and Volition for putting on a wonderful place for us to hang out with. And of course, Tinsley PR and that wonderful crew over there. So, Alyssa, we're going to talk about what you do at Kotaku and your role in the games media industry a little bit later on in the show. But we're excited that you are here to do the show with us and to talk about some of this big news that happened this week. And if you guys don't know what we're talking about, of course, Nintendo was like, yo, we're doing a direct. Get ready, everybody. Here it is. As they, they do. do. <laughs> Dropping it's, it. It's always so interesting to me how they sometimes will be like, we have news coming in like a week or two. And then other times they're like, it's tomorrow. But before we get into the news in the Nintendo Direct, I want to say thank you to this month's Patreon producers, Chewie's Godson, Alex Rogopoulos, Ferris Atia, Justin Fochi, and Punctified. And welcome to our Patreon community, Brandon Hall, Violette. And Carolyn Graham, if you want to support What's Good Games, you can do so at patreon.com slash what's good games, or you can get the show ad free among other wonderful membership benefits. And it looks like we have a new podcast reviewer. Ooh, Daisy, like the name of a cow or some shit. I don't know. Anyway, this person in the last month alone has listened to 14 of our episodes. They just discovered us in January and now they're 
going through the archives. And I always imagine that's a fascinating process because you know everything that we don't know at the time of recording. <laughs> so you can tell us how wrong we've been. That's Thank very you, true. Daisy. We do have some good bangers, though. Yeah, and none comes to mind because that's not how my brain <laughs> I mean, works. Mostly but I'm sure like the spoiler there. cast and some of our specialty episodes, stuff like that. I mean, the, the prediction t- show. and yeah, yeah, the typical weekly news can sometimes feel a little bit stale if you're listening to it like a year later, so to speak. But anyway, I digress. I also want to let you know that today's show is brought to you by ExpressVPN, Honey, and Factor, but we'll tell you a little bit more about them later. Also, we are fully into February now. It's Black History Month, everybody. Doing anything fun Black to History celebrate? Is that your dance? <laughs> a dance celebration. celebration. Are you just playing more Apex to celebrate? Is that how you're celebrating Black History Month? I'm playing more Apex and also mentally and physically and spiritually preparing to get back into Destiny. Oh. Yes. Oh. Yes. <laughs> I got my new I got my new earrings. I don't know if you can Ooh. see them, but they're from Rock Love and they're the original ghost shell. That's beautiful. Oh. And so cool. I, they just came in the mail. So I was like, mm, I'm going to wear my new ghost earrings on the show this week. It's going to be fun. They're super yeah. cute. Little danglies. Yes. I'm not ball. ready. Two weeks. I'm not ready. <laughs> Two and a half Destiny. weeks. Oh, I know. Back in it. I'm not As ready. It's such an intense baby. thing, man. It's such an intense grind. I'm going to do it. Alyssa, are you in our Destiny fam as well? I am a Destiny. Yes. I'm a Destiny girly. Sometimes I spend way too long playing it for like a few weeks. And then I have to like pull myself out of it and like be a person again because well, you I have found your new home with these. Yay! <laughs> Join I us. I can send you my fashions. I love to dress up my fashions. Oh my gosh, Ooh. you are speaking my language. Anybody that ever watched me stream Destiny knows that I'm all about the fashion show. Well, that in any game that I play, but oh my gosh, yes, we definitely have to fire team up. That sounds like a super fun time. Uh, but let's get into the news, shall we? Brittany, I'm just going to pass the baton to you because I believe this is your time to shine. Oh, y'all ain't ready. I'm sorry in advance make sure you're comfortable have some drinks have some five days worth of food at your disposal i don't know how long we're gonna be here all right yeah so obviously nintendo had their direct today and announced a whole bunch of stuff but the thing that i think most everyone is highly anticipating was tears of the kingdom was it gonna have the same release date what were we gonna find out about it you know what we do we dissect every single trailer we ever get well we got over two minutes of brand new footage of this freaking game we also got an announcement of an amiibo a price hike and a collector's edition but we'll talk about that later we're gonna talk about this fucking trailer all right so here's here's the thing is andrea's playing on youtube i'm just gonna run through my notes because there's no way we're gonna be able to line up what i have to say with the footage itself so here we go but here's my number one takeaway stuff looks dark grim there's lots of rain and lightning you see these new green glowing towers in the background and my thought is like what purpose do these serve? i don't know maybe they're fast travel ports to about the above islands who could say but something new that i definitely noticed there's a three-headed dragon on a bridge it looks like, um, I think it's called the Gleok from the original Zelda, which would be incredibly exciting if that is what it is. And then you have a narrator saying, and it's a man's voice, Rise, rise, my servants, sweep over Hyrule, eliminate this kingdom and her allies, leave no survivors. And I think this sounds like Ganon. There were some folks wondering if it was the king of Hyrule, but I think that's Ganon, unless the king of Hyrule has gone off the deep end. We get a shot of Hateno Village messed up, and I think this is interesting because, again, it just shows you how much the world has changed between Breath of the Wild and Breath of the Wild 2. Now, granted, if we're just getting little pieces and the world is not going to have changed that much, who could say? So we have lots of shots of the blood moon, almost like it's a permanent fixture in the sky, or maybe it's like a different time era you could play during. Zelda games either have like a time skip or like an alternate dimension or something. So this might be 
beating into that. But it's really dark and the blood moon is like everywhere. And it almost feels like it's a permanent part of the scenery. And I thought that was a really interesting tone that it's setting as well. You see this glowing symbol carved into the countryside as Link is running around. And I think that's going to have some important play later on as well. You may as well just play that trailer over and over again, Andrew. Okay, you got it. (laughs) I'm just going through like all of my main notes here. Okay, and so this is also interesting. So when you have the blood moon, it looks like there's these missiles of malice coming from it. Now, is it coming from the castle or is it coming from the moon itself? Now, in the past, the blood moon is when Ganon is the strongest. And that is when all of the enemies kind of reset and come back to life. This time, though, you have these very intentional looking missiles of malice coming from it looks like the blood moon or maybe it's coming from the castle. Don't know. But it looks like those are spawning the enemies. And one of the enemies that was spawned, if you look really closely, is Redead. Also, Alyssa, are you a Zelda fan? I am. I'm not as much of a Zelda fan as I should be. I no, think. I you don't switch, have to be. I got to switch mad late. And then I was like, damn, this game's hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, it, it's a thing. So just like I said, I wanted to see because anyone can interrupt me anytime, but I'm on a roll. I'm living my best life. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, so we have a redead that spawns from one of these. I'm calling them Malice Missiles. And that's really fucking cool. I love the redeads. They're one of my favorite enemies in Ocarina of Time. This one, again, looks a little bit like from the Wind Waker game. It has like that really thin, narrow spine, but like very, very cool to see it back. It's like a, if you blink, you'll miss it sort of thing, but it's in there. And there's some new enemies as well. We have like a wyvern carrying a bokoblin, which is bokoblin. I always sound like a chicken when I say that, but um, it's a bokoblin. It's, it's really <laughs> fucking cool. I love the new enemy we're getting. And then there's this like epic like golem, which looks like big cubes or something. I don't know, but he's really big and it's cool. This, and it's link. this one, right? This one. Yeah. Uh, hold on. Let me yeah, back yeah, it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's my wyvern friend. And there's a oh, There he is. Yeah, oh, that thing. Yeah, let me let me just pause it here, right? Yes, yeah, yeah, you can guy. pause it right there. Yeah, like how freaking cool is that? Just the sense of scale. I don't know. I just think it's really fucking cool. It doesn't take much to get me excited. And then we get a shot of Ganon. And here it looks like he's waking up. Obviously, he also looks like he's very dehydrated. and can use some lovely body bomb. But he just <laughs> looks super. I think he looks super terrifying and really little just evil. And I love this version of Ganon. I hope he kind of remains the same because I feel like usually Ganon and I don't really care about him. He has a pig nose. He's not that scary, whatever. And then you hear a little quote from Zelda saying, but Link, I'm not sure you'll be able to stop him. Again, we're all assuming that he's she's talking about Ganon, but it's always fun to hear Zelda talk. I think the voice actress does a great job at portraying Zelda, but I hope they write her a little bit more strong and full of conviction in this one. In Breath of the Wild, I didn't like how she always seemed sort of like unsure. She really talked like this a lot. And oh no, oh my gosh, where are my pantaloons? It was just like, I, I wanted her. <laughs> where are my pantaloons? Like, I don't know. Where they go? What? God. I don't know. Ganon ate them. That's weird. That, no, that, she, that she weird. sounds a little damsel yeah. 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 And I don't want her to be. I want her to be a freaking badass and be strong and full of confidence. But we'll see what happens. And then there's a shot of him. Oh, yeah, this is cool. He's shooting one of those like vibrant lizard goblin things that holds up a goblins. But his arrow is like a homing missile, which is like, OK, that's cool. I don't know where that came from, but he it's like a ball forms on the end of it. and He shoots it. That's new. So that's a really cool weapon. And then we get to see him riding what looks like roller coaster tracks. And if you remember Twilight Princess, he has the spinner, but this time he's shield surfing. And this could be a really fun new wave traversal. Again, like a blink and you miss it kind of thing, but it's absolutely in there. And then, oh, we're still going, baby girls. Hold on to your butts. There's been a bunch of rumors going around that you're going to be able to explore the underground in this game. And there's quite a few shots where you look, you have, oh, what are those things that come from the ceiling called? It's uh, like the cave. Like this one, the stalactites. Yes, they hold tight to the ceiling. That's the trick. Mm-hmm. The stalagmites might grow up to the ceiling. That's the little. Okay, yeah. So you can just keep it right here, actually. 
So this is kind of confirmation that there is going to be an underground section of the game to explore, which is like, oh, that's right. Because you have the sky, you have the mainland. Now apparently you have underground. And then this weapon Link is holding is also new. It kind of looks like a chuck it. You know, if you don't know what that is, it's like, you know, the thing you use to throw a ball for your dog. But um, <laughs> very cool. And if you look at the, the details on that weapon, there's like a green ring and a yellow ring within that. That is also on an enemy that you see in the trailer. So my thought is you defeat that enemy, you get this weapon from its body. Maybe there's some sort of weapon crafting in this game instead of durability. I don't know. Nintendo hasn't really talked about it, but who could say? So you might see this at first and you might say like, oh, that's obviously Zelda, right? Oh, no, no, no. I say that's Hylia, the goddess of Hyrule. Because if you look at her body type, like Zelda's great, but Zelda ain't got the guns that she does. Not only that, you can't see her long hair. And I don't know, I'm thinking this is actually Hylia, the goddess. And if you look at her, you can't really see, it's hard to describe, but there's two little look like apostrophes kind of like halfway down her dress. Those two marks are also in the marks of one of the last trailers where I did a PowerPoint presentation These where things? it's kind of this, yeah, yeah uh, up a little bit. Like they're kind of the greenish gray. Yeah. These yeah, things yeah. right yep, here. Those things. Yeah. Okay. Those are also carved into the like wall carving that you see in one of the last trailers. And it's kind of like a woman depicted. We didn't know, really know who she was, but I'm guessing this is Hylia, which would be fucking awesome. I think it was so cool. What a cool twist to add. I'm getting so excited. I don't even know if this is real or not. Anyway, I don't think it's Zelda. I'm calling bullshit. And then Link is driving a whole ass fucking car around Hyrule. I don't know where this came from, but I mean, cool. Go on with your bad self, boy. Who needs a horse? See, there he is getting the wheel for it. And then they hear, there he is driving it. That is a car. I guess who needs a horse? It almost looks like a, like a big, like, truck like a i don't want to use the word tank because it doesn't have the caterpillar you know like wheels or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah it looks like a transport vehicle of some kind yeah i mean cool like horses are so last zelda game i guess i don't know you did get the motorcycle in the last game so i uh, moving on then there's a hot air balloon which is like okay sure why not and then there's a drone thing that he's on after that Lots of technically things in this trailer. It reminds me of the Zonai. And I think, again, I've talked about them before, the ancient civilization that was in Hyrule beforehand. I think this is kind of playing into that. And then as you go on through, let's see anything else. Ganon's, okay, there's some really like in the weed shit I don't need to go into. There is an interesting point, though, where Link does drop the Master Sword as he goes down to save Zelda. In the very first trailer, if you remember, she kind of falls down that dark abyss. And in that moment, though, in this trailer, if you put two and two together, you can see that he actually dropped the Master Sword, which is interesting because later in other trailers, you see that the Master Sword is actually like corroding. Don't really quite know why. And then Zelda says, please lend him your power. And then we got some character art and it shows Zelda holding a new Sheikah Slate and Link has shirtless daddy mode going on. So a lot to unpack here. And I mean, we could spend the entire podcast doing this. I think this trailer has got me even more hyped for this game. I mean, before I've always been in the camp of, I think Breath of the Wild was a marvelous video game. Not my favorite Zelda game. But from what we're seeing so far, they're nailing the thing I've wanted from Zelda in a very long time, which is a dark tone. And this looks pretty dark considering everything else that we've seen lately. So I'm really, really excited about that. I'm excited to see how these little story elements go together because the Zelda lore and the story behind it is so deep and intricate. But it's the sort of thing that you have to actively look into, like me who spent far too much time 
dissecting two minutes and 18 seconds worth of footage to get all of you. Oh, well, we live for your Zelda fandom, though. Thanks. A few more quick questions I have about Zelda, and then we can move on, is I want to know, are we getting dungeons or are we getting shrines? We saw a glimpse of one puzzle during this trailer. But was that just something out? Is it, was it like a Korok thing? I don't even know those little fuckers exist anymore. But are we going to get dungeons or shrines? Is there time travel? What's going to be this weird alternate dimension shtick that this game is going to have? What is that going to be? Obviously, we really don't know. Why is the sword corroded? Why does Link sometimes look like he does in Breath of the Wild? But other times he's like shirtless and his hair is down and his garb is all torn. Um, they had why to turn is... up the sex appeal. I guess. Damn. <laughs> I mean, hi, I'm, I'm thirsty over here. It's working. Like, you've got my $70, which is the new price of this game, by the way the way yeah, anyway yeah like i'm i'm very 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 excited for this i was anticipating a delay i think i was one of the few people who was but i was it was not delayed which makes me happy i just think now nintendo can really start like this marketing push but let's be real they don't need to everyone's gonna buy this game anyway correct <laughs> oh there's so much more but that is the nutshell of all of that and then again i'm gonna touch base on the amiibo essentially if you scan any zelda amiibo into the game you're gonna get certain paraglider cloth or certain materials they do have an amiibo coming out specifically for this game it is the link pose that we are all very familiar with he's holding his left arm because it's all fucked up i don't know what's wrong with it <laughs> and then you have the collector's edition which gets you a steel book pins a steel poster yeah i think those are kind of the main draws of it i haven't been able to find out where to pre-order it because i would have done that a long time ago okay so that's my zelda recap all right very thorough well oh, done. there's so much more, too. I had to cut out so much. Like, it's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. And here's <laughs> me thinking, wow, it didn't feel like they gave us a lot of new info for <laughs> Zelda. <laughs> Just gotta look. You just gotta look. I think I they didn't you. hit us over the head with it, right? They no. reiterated the release date, but generally in the direct, like there's some kind of because they narrate a lot of the trailers and the things that are happening in the Nintendo Direct, but not the Zelda trailer. They're just like, you watch it and you figure it out on your own. <laughs> oh, we do. <laughs> That's what we do. Like I said, we take hours to dissect two minutes of footage. We're like, oh my god. There's an enemy. What is it doing? Oh my God, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. But I think this is going to go down as one of the most hype moments for me personally in 2023. It's, it's been fun for a while since we got the announcement, but now that we're really ramping up to the Zelda release date, it is just so fun to see what other people picked up on and what their theories are and compare and contrast. And we might not get any concrete answers even after this game is released. But regardless, it's just still a really fun moment for the Zelda community. And I'm I'm loving it. Ba -ba -ba -ba. I hope you're right about who those hips belong to because now I'm like thoroughly invested in figuring it out. Oh, yeah. I'm telling you, it's the goddess. Oh, God, that would be so cool. Because I feel oh, like they would have just shown... lie joke. Right? They should have just shown her Zelda's face if it was actually Zelda. Exactly. Why uh, would they not have shown her face? Where was her long, flowing blonde hair? And Grand's like, I know, don't at me. In the first trailer, it was short, but like, unless she... I don't know. It's a whole complicated thing. But obviously, then the other big news is that this game will be $70 up from $60. So people have feelings about that. I think Nintendo is just responding to the market. Both Xbox and PlayStation raised the base price of their first party games. Why wouldn't Nintendo? They know that you're going to buy it. They know that you're <laughs> going to bitch about it online and then you're going to open up that wallet anyway. Yeah, that's it. And I, you know, I'm someone who has a hard time stomaching spending 15, 20 bucks to go watch a movie for two hours just because, you know, I'd rather do that from the comfort of my own home. But I will happily spend $60, $70 for, you know, a five, 10 hour experience 
experience in a video game. So I don't think it's right when people tell people that like, this isn't worth your money, because I think that's a personal decision. I think the conversation should probably tailor more around what is causing this pricing, et cetera, et cetera. But that's a whole can of worms. Yeah, I think it gets tricky when we talk about games that are potentially like broken or non-functioning. And then it's like, well, is this worth your money? But I think we all know that that's not going to be the case with Tears of the Kingdom, right? At least we hope not. Something would have to dramatically change at Nintendo's production pipeline if this game comes out so broken it's not worth $70. If you subjectively just don't like it, that's a completely different story. But yeah, I just think it's 2023. The price of games hasn't gone up in a very long time. I'm not surprised that all three have raised their prices. I think they just waited to see who was going to do it first. And Sony, of course, was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, we'll do it first. We don't care. We, we, we don't give a fuck. We'll raise the price. And then Xbox is like, okay, we'll do it too. And now Nintendo's like, well, if everyone else is doing it, why not uh-huh. us? Well, I wish I had more to say, but I don't. In fact, I don't wish I had more to say. That's but it's left. I mean, I can't contribute to that. I cannot. I cannot give you any more than that. Alyssa, if you didn't know, now you know. This is the place. I do. To come no, now I know it all. <laughs> So a bunch of other things did happen in the Nintendo Direct, but because there's a bunch of other news that we also want to talk about, I'm just going to skim over them. And if you, of course, want to get more details, I will just point you to the Direct itself. We got a nice long look at Pikmin 4 which was great because we really hadn't seen a ton from that game yet. Uh, We heard about the Splatoon 3 expansion pass. Nintendo just out of the blue decided to drop Metroid Prime Remastered. (laughs) Like They're like, it's available today. Everyone's like, wait, what? (laughs) That just happened? Like Twitter is broken? Every (laughs) single direct from here on out needs to have one of those moments. Like Xbox nailed it. Nintendo just nailed it. Like, please, if we're going to sit and watch something in the middle of the day for two hours, like give me a game to play afterwards. Just (laughs) mandatory. Sony, you're not. I believe in you, PlayStation. You can do it. Advance Wars 1 and 2 got a release date on April 21st. We saw some from the fourth wave for Mario Kart Deluxe, all of the DLC they're doing for that game. We got another look at Disney Illusion Island, which continues to look really cute. Professor Layton is back with the new world of Steam. So that was a surprise as well. I saw the game Fashion Designer, which is an Xseed game that's coming. And and I wrote down, do I want this game? But it reminds me a lot of the Facebook fashion game that I kept getting ads for. And I haven't had a chance to suss out if this is the same developer or not. And then we got a really nice look at the Lion King content that's coming to Dreamlight Valley later on in the spring. They had confirmed that Simba was coming to Disney Dreamlight Valley But they didn't confirm that Nala was also coming, and we got to look at both of them in the trailer. So that was nice. (laughs) And then, of course, the kind of bigger news besides, I would say the second piece of biggest news besides Zelda, of course, was this Nintendo Switch online business with all the Game Boy games. Alyssa, which of the games, when you saw it come across the trailer, you were like, hell yeah, that's my game. Well... The or like Kirby, the first Kirby game that came out, I was like, that's like, mm-hmm. I got a Game Boy and my parents were like, pick two games and we're not buying you anything else for a long time. So <laughs> it's like, it was that and it was, I had a, I think it was like Jeopardy. Oh, oh no. Okay, that's a choice. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to be like smart and knowledgeable. Yeah. <laughs> at 10 years old. But yeah, I mean, I like, I don't play my Switch as much as I, as I could or should. Like getting old Game Boy games on there, that will get that back in my hand all the time. Like you I get me it. right in the nostalgia, like that's it. There's, there's my, that's it. Take it. I'm doing it. Ah, oh, you're a nostalgia fiend, like I am too. Then I, I am. Get, I, I just don't want to be old. 
don't blame you. I was really happy that they threw in Wario Land 3 in there. I was hoping they were going to put 1 and 2, but I'll take 3 and hopefully we'll get more. I don't know if any of y'all played Wario Land growing up, nope. but those were Mm-mm. great games on the Game Boy. So much fun. After we record the show tonight, I'm going to call my dad and tell him he can play it on his Switch. I love this. I, you know... It- Again, like after having COVID last month and kind of resorting to just playing games online with my dad through Nintendo Switch Online because I couldn't interact with my husband. I couldn't interact with my kids. I was doing games with him the whole time and it was so fun. And now that all of these are available, like, damn, like, yeah. Oh, I am glad that they're not charging extra for it as part of the subscription. Obviously, you have to pay for the subscription, but it's not that expensive. Because we probably would buy these again if they were charging, but I appreciate that they're like, it's okay. We're doing all right right now. Turns out we've sold a lot of Switches. Segway into the next story that Nintendo Switch has surpassed the PlayStation 4 and, of course, the Game Boy, which we were just talking about, to become the third best-selling console of all time. Congratulations, Nintendo. That was smooth. 122.55 million units. Million. That's a lot of Switches. A lot of Switches, yeah. Makes me wonder. Like, our house has four Switches. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, we do, too. Yeah. But regardless, this is lovely and wonderful. It's kind of hard to believe that Nintendo's last call. You. Listen, everyone oh makes mistakes. They were just trying something <laughs> different and it didn't work out. But they let it fail quickly instead of belaboring it. And they moved on to the Switch, took some good ideas from the Wii U and made it better. I think they looked at their legacy in the handheld market and said, this is what people want from us. And they're not wrong. And I know that sometimes on this show, we poo-poo that Nintendo is behind in technology, behind in online connectivity, and just not really keeping pace with the innovation that they themselves used to always be the leader on. But clearly, it's working for them. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It ain't broke. Oh, oh. I mean, that's just it. You know, know, we we are the suckers. And if we want to do another segue, you want to talk about a game that kind of made me sad. Pokemon Scarlet and Violet has sold 18 million units. Yeah, so 18.2 million customers bought a copy of Pokemon Scarlet and Violet by the end of December 2022, up 8 million from the previously announced 10 million units sold on November 23rd. So it's currently in seventh place as the best-selling Switch games of, of all time. And Andrew, to Andrea's point, yeah, like whatever they're doing, they're selling buttloads. And, you know, I shouldn't be surprised. Are you a Pokemon fan, Alyssa? I don't really know yes. what you're like. Okay. I am. I am. Okay. So what did you think of Scarlet and Violet? And does this surprise you in any way, shape, or form? <laughs> I mean, it's kind of funny with Nintendo. I think you're at a certain point now where you'll like accept a level of jank and you'll just be like, they're doing cool new stuff in the Pokemon universe. There's great ideas there. That's great. It's cool to see. There's innovation in that concept. Sometimes it runs like shit. And and Mm -hmm. like, it doesn't matter in a way, you know, like you're still playing it. You're still enjoying it. And for a lot of us, like my friend group, it, it became like a funny aspect. It became like a look at this thing that just happened in this game. This is ridiculous. And at the end of the day, I don't want to sound like an old lady, but like you got the thing this big that you're carrying around on the subway that's playing like a pretty big ass game. And it's like, to me, I'm still like, I'm happy. It's running. It's working. It looks, I'm enjoying myself. I'm okay with it getting fucked up. But I also grew up in a, in a time period where like I blowing on cartridges and unplugging and plugging <laughs> things back in. So like, yep. For me, I'm like, it's this is so crazy. It runs on this. It's so little. So like, whatever. <laughs> it runs like shit. It's Pokemon. They're cute. Yeah, I, I used to be like that. And then I got old and jaded. I am the old woman, I guess. Oh, no. no I mean, like, I'm, 
No, like, here's the thing is I, I bought, did I buy Pokemon? Yeah. Did I need to buy it? No. Did I get a code from Nintendo? Yes. Did I buy it at like 9 p.m. the night before so I could play it early? Absolutely. Like, you know, so even knowing I had a code coming, I still wanted to pay for it so I could play it early. Like, I love Pokemon. My son's bedroom is Pokemon. Like, his first birthday was themed after Pokemon. So big fan. Yeah, I just, uh, I don't need to kick this dead horse on the podcast because I've kicked it many times. I think for me, it's just, I know there's so much more potential with that franchise and that team has no... I can't imagine there's any limit of funding if they needed it to make a better, more polished product. And I don't want it to fail by any means, but I also kind of hope that releasing a game in the state that they did when you have games like Xenoblade Chronicles 3 running like butter, and then you have Pokemon's open world, which is not as intensive and it can't run as well. I'm like, well, what happened here? What went wrong? And why wasn't this fixed? We know why, because they're going to go on to sell fucking 18 million copies and no one cares. <laughs> got to got to maintain that stock price. Yeah, I think it's frustrating as somebody who isn't a giant Pokemon fan, because I want to see Nintendo really get back to the front of the pack with their software. And I think we can all agree that they are doing just fine and their games are very good. But I would love to see them take a bigger risk, right? Like take a Horizon Zero Dawn Guerrilla Games risk, right? That was a huge risk that Sony Interactive Entertainment took with one of their biggest first party studios to say, hey, we're going to invest in you to build this new engine to create this brand new IP that's going to max out the architecture of our proprietary console And it worked. They created a masterpiece and they created an engine so fantastic that even Kojima is using it, right? So I would love to see Nintendo take that kind of a risk and say to, you know, Game Freak, like, let us build you a brand new engine because clearly what you guys are working with isn't working for you or maybe for your vision. Like, let's just like invest what we need to to build something from scratch. But that takes time. time. Yeah, give it the time. You know, we don't need a Nintendo game every year. Like, I don't want to get like people knocking on my door yelling at me that that's a terrible (laughs) thing to say out loud. But give people the time to make it. I mean, you're you're right. Like, imagine what you could make when you have the time and the space and, and the tools that you can afford. Nintendo's like the New York Yankees of gaming. They're just like, we have all the money in the world. We could spend it on getting the best players, but like, we're still not winning the World Series. It's like, you guys could win the World Series. You could. And that's just it. God, nailed it. Nailed it. Mic drop. <laughs> and meanwhile, they're fan. like, um, we just made Nintendo Switch the third best selling video game console yeah, of all time. They're like, are you sure up. we're not winning the World Series? It kind of feels like we are, though. Oh, man. <laughs> you know, I think there is a patch coming out that hopefully will address some of the performance issues, but. I don't know at this point. They haven't. Will we ever get it? I don't know. I feel like if this were any other game that has like this amount of fame attached to it and it released the way it did, it would get the amount of crap it got. It would have gotten a statement like the next day saying like, yeah, we recognize this is bad and we have a patch incoming. Even fucking Forspoken has made an announcement saying Mm -hmm. that they have a patch coming in to help fix some of the issues. But no, no. I mean, when you have an install base of now 122 million consoles and those people don't really have a lot of triple A third party offerings. I mean, there's a lot of smaller games and a lot of indies for sure. Yeah, pretty much anything that Nintendo puts out, people that have a Switch are probably going to buy, whether it's of the same caliber that, you know, Sony first party or Xbox first party stuff is or not, because it's Nintendo. I'm one of those people. I mean, (laughs) I think most Switch owners are those people. So you're not you're not alone. All right. Well, we do have a few more news items to get to. But before we do that, 
we have a quick message from one of our sponsors. This week's episode of What's Good Games is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Have you ever stopped to wonder why internet access is so much cheaper these days? I mean, like, it's only 30 to 40 bucks a month in some places. And it might be because internet service providers aren't just making money off subscription fees. They're also making money from spying on your internet activity and selling your history and data to big tech companies. So what's the best way to make sure that 100% of your data is encrypted and that your ISP can't get a hold of it? You guessed it, ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN creates a secure tunnel between all your devices and the internet so that everything you do online is encrypted. It reroutes your connection through a secure server, and this blocks your ISP from seeing everything that you do online. All they can see is that you're connected to ExpressVPN's server, but nothing beyond that. Pretty cool. And it's not just for your phone or your computer. ExpressVPN works on all of your devices. It works on tablets, smart TVs, even your router, so that your entire family can always stay protected. Now, we can't stress this enough that ExpressVPN is simple to use because we all want something that's easy and simple, right? All you do is open up the app, tap the button to connect, and that's it. Your data is your business, so protect it at expressvpn.com slash what's good games. Visit expressvpn.com slash what's good games to get three extra months of ExpressVPN protection for free. That's expressvpn.com slash what's good games to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Brittany, I don't mean to pass you the baton again, but I have to pass you <laughs> no, the baton do. again. <laughs> oh, let's talk about Resident Evil. And again, Alyssa, I'll ask you, man of Resident Evil? Nowhere near the level that you are. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> is, only Alyssa. Played, I've only played Village. Hey, yeah. hey, hey, that's yeah. good. Hey, no hate, no hate over More here. More than All me. Right. <laughs> yeah, Reed. I'm kind of glaring at you through through Discord right now. I'm like, are we? Yeah, Resident Evil Death Island, which is the most Resident Evil <laughs> title. <laughs> you know, Death Island. Okay, it's fine. Um, this was an exclusive from IGN. <laughs> Death Island. Like, come on. Like, if you go to preschool, it's fine. All right, so here's the synopsis. Um, DSO agent Leon S. Kennedy is on a mission to rescue Dr. Antonio Taylor from kidnappers when a mysterious woman thwarts his pursuit. Meanwhile, BSAA agent Chris Redfield is investigating a zombie outbreak in San Francisco where the cause of the infection cannot be identified. The only thing the victims have in common is that they all visited Alcatraz Island recently. Following that clue, Chris and his team head to the island where a new horror awaits them. Directed by a oh gosh, sorry, a Chiro Hasumi assassination classroom from a screenplay by Makoto Fukami Psychopaths. 
And then it's based off of Resident Evil. All right. So I love the Resident Evil CG films because I feel like if there's any potential to nail the lore and story of Resident Evil, it's through CG. We also happened with Resident Evil Netflix, and I will not be answering any questions about that at this time. <laughs> so here are here are the main takeaways that I got from that little blurb I just read and from watching the trailer. And I so can't ga- show the trailer because we will 100% yeah. get a content ID flag because... Uh, Sony Pictures loves to do that. So if you want to watch it, head on over to IGN.com, everybody. <laughs> yeah, do it, do it, do it. Okay, so the TLDR on this, what you should know, is that this film will take place in the year 2015. So that is after Resident Evil 6 and Resident Evil Vendetta. And this is a direct sequel to Resident Evil Vendetta, which was a CG film that came out in 2017. But this happens before Resident Evil 7. So, okay, you got your context now. So the most freaking exciting thing about all of this is that Jill and Leon are going to be meeting for the first time. Throughout the entire Resident Evil history of existence, they have never met and done shit face to face. Sure, they've been in like Fortnite, but that doesn't count. So the, <laughs> the, the fact that like these two iconic characters are going to be able to meet and I say Jill, but and I got ahead of myself, Jill Valentine. She is in this film and we have not seen her since the event of Resident Evil 5. Like we don't really know what she's been up to other than through some email correspondence she sent to Barry. We know that she went extensive therapy for when she went through with the Wesker experiments, yada, yada, yada. No need to get all in the weeds of that. But in this trailer, essentially, at the very end of it, you see you see Leon right during the trailer. Excuse me. You see Leon. He looks Scruffleupagus. You see Chris. He actually has a unified look now. He looks very consistent with how he did in RE5 minus maybe like 100 pounds of muscle. And then at the very end, you see Jill Valentine and she looks just as she did in Resident Evil 3 remake. So they're taking that same actress and that did mocap and whatnot, or maybe it was just her face and incorporating her into Resident Evil 3, which is really great. I love that look for Jill, but she looks exactly as she did, which in that in that game, she's 24. But now, according to 2015, she should be, I did the math earlier, 41. So I think mm-hmm. the little blip of Jill we see at the very end is a flashback to her time at Raccoon City. Because A, she looks exactly as she did in Raccoon City. And B, none of y'all are probably going to get this, and that's fine, just smile and not. She doesn't have the <laughs> scar on her chest that she had from Wesker's little fun experiments he did on her and the constant injection of the virus. So the fact that that's not there and she looks as she did, that's a flashback. There is one clip in this trailer where you see the back of Chris and the back of Jill walking through Alcatraz. Jill is wearing a t-shirt. She's not wearing her iconic blue tank top and you only see the back of her but you also know that the back of Chris is Chris because he's wearing this really flashy corny shirt with tigers all over it. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, it's a whole thing. And so, but we never see Jill's face while she's wearing the t-shirt and I think and I'm hoping it's because they've aged her gracefully there is also a silhouette of a woman we see at one point I think that is Maria Gomez from Vendetta I think that's kind of a universal assumption she was in Vendetta she's just mad at the whole world this comes out this summer so if you haven't seen Resident Evil Vendetta go check it out it's you know it's fine it's not my favorite Resident Evil film but it's entertaining enough and then this is a sequel to that and just be excited because again Jill's back and Jill and Leon hopefully will get to meet us and play oh and then there's a coffee cup with Rebecca's name on it so um Cool. Yeah. What does that mean? Uh, Rebecca Rebecca Chambers. Rebecca Chambers. (laughs) Whatever. Anyway, I'm living my best life this week. No, again, you're having a good week. We love that. We love that you are 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 happy and passionate about these things. Does Resident Evil Vendetta or Resident Evil Death Island have any bearing on the canon of the actual games, or they're completely separate? Thank you for asking, my friend. Yeah. So these are all canon. 
all of these CG oh. films, they fit into the Resident Evil universe again, which is why it's so exciting. Okay. Jill is never mind. I'm done. Andrew, you gotta move on. Gotta stop <laughs> <laughs> I do I do have to move on because we have actually quite a bit more uh, of show to go. So here's the thing. We <laughs> now are going to transition from one nerdy corner of video game fandom to another because Rihanna, apparently there's some Apex shenanigans that are happening. <laughs> so why don't you talk to us about what's got you hype about Apex Legends? Okay, I'm going to try to... <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I asked Rhea on Discord today. I was like, look, like I tried. I This article is like the size of the Bible. Like I don't know what's lot. going on. I'm like, I'm just going to give you a link and I'm going to toss to you and go on with your bad self. Luckily, I don't need a link because I... Watched about seven hours of, of reaction <laughs> coverage today, so that's, I am that's a lot. Okay, ready to go. I took notes. So, season sixteen of Apex. This is uh, around our fourth year anniversary of Apex Legends stealth dropping. If y'all remember, that was one of the originals. Like, oh, and you can play it today, and there was zero <laughs> information about it ahead of time. Yeah, they did Everybody a giant influencer in. campaign mm-hmm. where they just gave it to a bunch of streamers. Mm-hmm. And we're like, okay, we're just going to turn it on. And yeah. we were all like, wait, <laughs> what? Okay. Like, who is what this? <laughs> turn one on. This so is a we, Titanfall. Alyssa, you're great. a fan of Apex, right? I am. Yeah, I okay, am. There we go. Both yes. of you go, go loose. Be free. Yes. We're eating good today. So we have all these amazing uh, developments from Apex. We have our legends. We have like all these seasonal updates. They've done a great job with the ongoing content plan for this battle royale. They gave us a ping system that Fortnite then stole. They've given us all kind of really great quality of life upgrades to the different gameplay systems. But what we get with season 16 revelry is in a complete overhaul. So I'll start with the juiciest part. All of the classes of legends are changing. So we have five now. There is Assault, Skirmisher, Recon, Controller, and Support. Lots of legends here. And I'll, like again, I'll try to go through this quickly. But for Assault, these are the people who are going to instigate fights. They're the ones who initiate contact and combat between different teams. So this is going to be Maggie, Fuse, shout out to Fuse, Ash, Revenant, and Bangalore. They have an additional perk. So this is on top of their tactical, their ultimate, and their passive. Their perk for Assault class is... They can open red loot bins that will have secret compartments underneath, similar to the lifeline ones we've seen before. They will have attachments, either rare, which is blue, or higher. Depending on what guns you have, it'll try to match attachments to those weapons across your entire team. And then they can also store an additional ammunition slot in each slot in their inventory. Really important for the skirmishers. First of all, there's Pathfinder, Wraith, Valkyrie, Mirage, Horizon, and Octane. Skirmishers is the biggest group. They are going to be the people who like help you with mobility, help you get in and out of fights. They're the ones that help you run away, get into the zone if you're too far out. They're going to focus on all of those movement mechanics. So their perk on top of their passive tack and all is that they can see high tier items when the care package is dropping from the sky and they can ping it for their teammates and they can tell if a care package has been looted already or not. So it's a similar to a, a lot of scout classes you would think in other games, but this is really going to help if you need to move to something that's like have you drop. For the Recon Legends, this is Crypto Seer Vantage and Bloodhound. They're going to be the, you know, the intel, they'll get the lay of the land, help you figure out where enemies are. So <laughs> apparently you're going to be able to use the survey beacons. They'll be modified so that they work sort of like Crypto's map room. And you can see all of the enemies on the map for 
30 seconds, which sounds unreal. And they're absolutely going to have to decrease that because it's far too powerful. If you can't, if you can't imagine 30 seconds in a battle royale of knowing exactly where every other enemy is, is fucking broken. That's a really long time. (laughs) That's a really long time. Absolutely too long. They're going to, they're going to, or it could just be fun because it's so chaotic, kind of like mayhem and destiny, right? Like that mode, when they first debuted this mode where it was just your super regenerated in like, literally one second i remember everybody yeah. lost their shit because they're like this this is broken but the devs were like yeah but that's why it's fun because it's broken <laughs> it is fun i don't see it making it very far in ranked meta <laughs> because people will absolutely reach and pick rates are going to be far too high but i i enjoy it i think they they may keep it for certain modes we'll see but yeah everybody who's been scanned in that map range beacon will be alerted that they've been scanned so they can try to like I don't know, bunker down and like prepare for an onslaught. But again, it's not likely to stay that way. Then we have uh, second to last controller. These are our, you know, our hunker down people. So we got Catalyst, Watson, Caustic and Rampart. So a couple of the new ones in there. They're going to focus on control. Controller makes sense. And they're going to be setting up rings ring consoles so they're going to look similar i guess or they work similar to the survey beacons that tell you the location of the next ring so if you've played fortnite if you played any other game that gives you like prediction of where the next circle or where next safe zone is going to be that's how this works it's going to allow those uh legends to sort of set up in a certain area where they know they'll be safe for the next couple minutes and then be prepared for anybody to get caught unawares finally support this is a huge one support legends are newcastle lifeline loba and gibraltar they're going to be the people who of course you know back up their team help you out with supplies and survival they will be able to open that secret compartment just like we had with lifeline before and get extra healing items out of bins but they can also this is fucking huge they can also craft teammate banners out of replicators it only costs 30 materials and you can get both of your downed teammates even if they've timed out from a replicator so smiling and nodding i don't know (laughs) Basically, Alyssa what understands. that means Alyssa is that understands. if you die, like, let's say Alyssa, myself, and Marie were all squatted up to play together, but, you know, both Alyssa and I got, you know, did. Got, got, um, got, yeah. You know, th- then Marie would be able to bring us back into the match mm-hmm. at this station inside the Battle Royale by paying X amount of in-game currency. Exactly. And this is currency that's like you open a crate and you get five. So it's very easy to get up to 30 to revive up both of your teammates. The really important part about this is that it means you don't have to worry about people camping your your dead banners anymore. So if your teammate's down, you just say fuck off peace and then run away <laughs> and bring them back somewhere else. But it does it does interesting things to pick rate meta and we can talk about that in a second because there's lots of legend balances on top of this. So, so I would say Let's not get into the weeds about what the balance fixes are because, okay. I mean, we, let's talk instead about some high level things that you're excited about because I also want to hear from Alyssa yes. and what, what she's excited about too. So if there's something okay. big in the in the balance notes. The, the biggest things, there's map changes, updates, it's a season, whatever. We get that. There's skins and fun stuff. There's a new gun, which is going to combine with the R301 nerf that's not going to be picked as often. But the biggest thing, there's now orientation matches for new players. They're going to add bots to these arenas so that you can actually get a chance to get in, get into the groove of the game. You can figure out how to play, figure out your approach, your strategy, what legends you like without getting completely demolished by Smurf accounts, which is when high-level players make a new account in order to play with newbies. 
days and completely just com- train all over the place. And it's really important because there's going to be a lot of new players here. Everything is changing. They're getting rid of arenas. They're adding team deathmatch and a whole new mixtape playlist. Like there's a lot of new here. And so when new people come in, they're not going to immediately be at a disadvantage with all of the veteran players, which is really encouraging because there's obviously lots of games that we play destiny where we feel like we get left behind and it's really hard to be competitive. So that's that's the other one that I wanted to make sure I, I mentioned. There's lots and lots of changes. You should check out all of the, the different patch notes, but it's going to be a very exciting season. Crazy what they're doing. I haven't seen any any live service game spend as much time and effort and like taking in so much community feedback as like the people at Respawn do with Apex. They invented the ping system that other people ripped off. Like they are consistently leading the industry in this stuff. And they're always thinking about how do we get more people playing? Because Apex is a really scary game to get into out of like nowhere. And you are just getting rolled match after match and you're waiting for a match. You drop in and you're like, okay, I'm fucking dead. Now I'm going to wait for a new match. I'm going to drop in. Okay. I'm fucking dead. How do you get used to the weapons? How do you get used to the characters? How do you figure out who you even like? So it's like, they're trying, they tried with arenas, which were like smaller, quicker games. Those also ended up being like role sessions. Mm -hmm. So they're hoping that TDM and having these introductory like matches with bots, get more people involved because like this game is one of the best like feeling games in terms of like gunplay and movement that's out there right now so i just feel like so many more people should be playing it and now with all these additions and changes and even like everything you were saying with the classes like the classes technically really didn't make sense in apex they were like a thing that they did and then it's sort of just like formulaic at a certain point like oh yeah it's a support character uh yeah they're support but it didn't matter that they were a support character because their kit was what mattered. Mm-hmm. Now they're actually making it so that you should be thinking about your team composition when you pick these people because they all have different abilities and passive stuff that they can do and bring to the table. It's it's crazy how much they're doing. It's absolutely crazy. It is. They've so literally like, like recreating the game. This is this is Apex 2. So you use that word recreating. I wonder, do you think this is a change for the better? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I mean, I- I've lapsed for a while with it, too, because Apex is one of those kinds of games that, like, you know, sometimes I'm just not feeling it and I don't play it for a little while. And then something brings me back. You know, a few seasons ago, it was when they introduced Newcastle. I just really liked that whole season. And then I started playing again. And then I lapsed because I got sucked into Destiny for way too long again. (laughs) And Overwatch came out and I was like, this is all I'm playing. This is like, I'm back. Like, I'm back and I can finally be like, hey, friends who have never played this game or a little bit scared by it because it's a battle royale and people are really good and they're sweaty and you get into matches and it's like just exhausting. You can even play with your friends in the introductory matches and help them get through those points so that they start to feel comfortable. And it's like, maybe finally, maybe I can get my fiance to play with me. It's like definitely a no, (laughs) but I at least like to think I can get like his toe in the door now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is exciting. I love that Respawn is invested in this franchise. I know we had that little blip of bad news with the mobile version being sunset last week, but the game is one of the best battle royale experiences out there and has been since they've launched it and re continues to tell us how the community support is top notch. So yes, onwards and upwards. They are cool people, cool characters, cool VO people, just cool shit. Is this another thing I have to add to my list? I don't really have time for another one. Sorry. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
Man, yeah, light bulb is in a couple weeks, man. I don't know. Maybe I wait. <laughs> I mean, Apex is always going to be there. They're all always going to be there. You know, yeah. it's just yeah. it definitely something at this point. I think now it's like a good time to get into it. Because like, look what happens. What if all these new people start getting into it? Then they start to get sweaty, too. You got to try it now. See, ah, that's the thing. On the bottom of the ladder. I don't I can't. I don't have the time to get good if, if it's going <laughs> to be sweaty. That's why I can do Fortnite and Warzone. Because I can Girl. take like my my middle of the road skills and still have success a decent amount of the time because I have a lot of experience playing shooters. But if Apex is truly that sweaty, I don't know. I don't know if I can hack it. It it really it can be, but it's also yeah. like it's it's in a lot of ways it has a lot of the same things as like a hero shooter. There's reasons why your teammates are who they are and they can help you with stuff. So you're not just like jumping in like in Fortnite with like a cool skin, you know, that's that doesn't yeah. really do anything. It's like for Rainbow Six like, sweaty is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean it's just you can find stuff that really works for you. You know, there's certain characters that I, I just love because they have really great movement and they're fun. And if I don't get like one of my three favorites, yeah, I'll be like, have a pissy game and I'll be in like a little butthurt about it. But like, there's so much stuff you can do with this and you can really try out different characters. Go, oh, I didn't really like this. Maybe I want to be someone that hangs back more. Maybe I want to be someone that gives my team new vantage points. Maybe I want to be someone who can protect them more. And if that's where it differs from something like Warzone or something like Fortnite, it really does truly feel like a little bit of Overwatch, a little bit of Warzone mixed together. And they just keep like iterating on it it's just so lovely how many see. legends are there now let me count <laughs> a lot this has got to be a googleable a thing lot. right so and they're not adding any for a while so that, that seems like a manageable number because like rainbow six siege operator count is now so high that it's hard to get in and feel like you know the meta for all the operators and i always just default to like the original operators because those are the ones that i know the best it's daunting i think like that's why mobas are also so daunting for people as well mm-hmm. because like the roster of characters that you have to learn and then pick which ones you want to like practice with can be just so crazy that you're just like oh, no, I'm it's too much I'm out I think the classes will help with that going forward now because like it's sort of like a starting off point like now you know what these classes will bring to the table and then within that umbrella you can be like this person does this this person does you know you can it it helps a little bit more whereas before it was kind of just willy-nilly like sure there was like a little like health logo next to them but it didn't really matter like what that that didn't mean anything to how they played so i think it's in a it's in a good spot for new people for sure and that's what they're looking for and they're smart over there man Mm -hmm. indeed well we do have one last quick piece of news before we take a break It is about Forspoken, which Brittany alluded to earlier on in the show, is getting a big performance update. So Game Informer writes that a statement was made by game director Takishi Aramaki. The game will improve Forspoken's graphics, performance, and playability while also adding quote, general updates and fixes to both the PS5 and the PC version. No release date for the patch, nor does the message elaborate on the specifics of what these improvements are. I'm sure we'll get all of those details once they have an actual release date because they're probably still going to keep adding stuff until they push that patch across the wire. Well, that's good. I think that that game has a lot of potential. We don't need to dive back into what we already talked about in our hands-on impressions, (laughs) but... Give me a reason to go back and keep playing that game. Just more textures, maybe. Some more lighting, maybe. You know, More textures. Just more <laughs> graphics. 
put more art did in the game. Did you play Forspoken, Melissa, at all? I didn't. I really want to. It's one of those things that, like, I feel like you guys are probably in the same boat. I just have this list that just looms <laughs> over my head all the time. Yeah, it's there. It's on my list. And, and especially when a couple people on the team at work played it and they were like, you know, people can shit on it, but there's some cool stuff in there. There's some cool ideas in there. So yeah. that to me is something I want to try out. You know, it's new IP. It's different. That's pretty much what we said about it in a nutshell. It's got some yeah. problems, but so it's got some cool shit, too. I'll wait for the big performance update, and then I'll play it. There you go. So you have a reason to put it off a little bit longer now, right? <laughs> Sounds like the big, right big brain. Move. I knew that was going to happen. I knew <laughs> you planned it all along. It was like me and Cyberpunk. I was like, I'm just going to wait. I'm just going to ride it out. Wait, wait. I'm still waiting, but, you know, I'll get there before the giant expansion comes out. All right, everybody. We will be right back to talk about what we've been playing. Stick with us. We'll see you in a minute. podcast where we talk about what we've been playing and any preview events we may or may not have been to. But before we do that, I want to let you know that this week's episode is brought to you by Honey, the easy way to save when shopping on your iPhone or computer. Does scoring a deal while shopping make you feel warm and fuzzy inside, like that feeling when you get a brand new Tears of the Kingdom trailer? Honey can help you get that feeling with a click of a button. Thanks to Honey, manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past. Honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart. How it works. So imagine you're shopping on one of your favorite websites. When you check out, the Honey button appears and all you have to do is click apply coupons. Wait a few seconds as Honey searches for coupons it can find for that site. And if Honey finds a working coupon, you'll watch the prices drop. So I've used this example before. It's my favorite one. So I have a little nephew and he's adorable and he really wanted this plastic roller coaster toy thing. Andrea, I don't know if you've seen them. They're for toddlers. They're pretty long. And it's like you build this track for them and they can sit on this what looks like a train and it goes down and they think it's the coolest thing ever. They're quite spendy though. So my mom and I were going to split the cost of one and we used Honey and it saved us over $50. Dang, and, that's, some good, oh, man. that's some good savings. I'm all about that. Honey, Right? I mean, I know you love honey just as much as I do, and there is a prime example of why you should do it, and it doesn't take any effort. You just literally click a button. And honey doesn't just work on desktops. It works on your iPhone, too. Just activate it on Safari on your phone and save on the go. If you don't already have honey, you could be straight up missing out. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this show. Get PayPal Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash what's good. That's honey.com slash what's good. This episode of What's Good Games is brought to you by Factor. This new year, you've got goals, and Factor is here to help you achieve each and every one of them. Fuel up with fast, ready-to-eat nutritious meals delivered straight to your door, leaving you time and energy to tackle everything on your to-do list or, you know, just tackle your children. Achieve and maintain your 2023 goals with Factor. You can get America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit and start saving time by eating well and living your best year yet. Are you too busy to cook as we're talking about food? Come on, we all have busy lives these days, or maybe you just don't want to cook. Well, Factor's Fresh Never Frozen Meals are ready in just two minutes. So all you have to do is heat and enjoy. No matter your lifestyle, Factor has delicious flavor-packed meals to help you live your life to the fullest with keto, calorie-smart, vegan, veggie, and protein-plus options on the menu each week. 
Prepared by chefs and approved dietitians, each meal has all of the ingredients that you need to feel satisfied all day long. Or maybe you just want to cut back on takeout. Those fees really get you. Get Factor instead. Not only is Factor cheaper than takeout, but meals are ready faster than restaurant delivery in just two minutes. Get Factor and enjoy clean eating without the hassle, everybody. Simply choose your meals and enjoy that fresh flavor-packed goodness right at your doorstep. Did I mention that it's ready in just two minutes or less? That's right. No prep, no mess, no dishes. It's the best. Head to factormeals.com slash what's good 50 and use our code what's good 50 to get 50% off your first box. That's right. Five zero, everybody. That's code what's good 50 at factormeals.com slash what's good 50 to get 50% off your first box. To kick off our What You've Been Playing segment for this week, we would like to go to our wonderful guest, Alyssa. You have been playing quite a gamut of different things. So um, I don't even know which of these are. You pick. Which one do you want to talk about first? (laughs) I have... I don't know what this says about me. I mean, if I'm being honest with you guys, I play Overwatch every single day. Okay. Um, And I play Overwatch competitive every single day. I think the reason why I play stuff like Overwatch and Apex and Halo is because I am like a, you know, former jock and it feels like sports. Like I'm like on my headset, (laughs) like, okay, you go there. Okay, you go forward. Okay, you go back. Like it's, it's like you were a team sports person. Yes, I was a soccer captain. Yeah. And I'm still a soccer captain on a co-ed team. If you guys ever want to come to New York and play some stuff. I do. I yeah, seriously. It's so much fun. We're the rats. And yeah, we love we love to play soccer. But it is oh, very yeah. similar to me. And even though I have so many problems with Overwatch, my fiance has to hear me yelling about them. <laughs> I play online with like a real a real life friend of mine who's like the, the partner of my friend. So it's like him and me. And then my fiance and her are like, what the hell are they doing? <laughs> Just screaming into my... But it's like... You know, they're doing a lot of balance changes still. I think Overwatch is kind of trying to figure it out. Like, they made a big change when they launched the sequel. They took away a player in the matches. They made it 5v5. And every time they add a new character, you know, they, they essentially, like, baby break the game for a couple of weeks. So, yeah, at I this mean, point now... It's tough when you, like, introduce, like, new meta-changing stuff like that. But you can't do it all the time. Yeah. And the changes that they make, like, I get why they're doing it. Like, it's different from Apex. And it's like, you're not picking up a gun on the ground like you are the gun your 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 character is the gun so like you have to make changes more often and you have to really constantly be like you know overwatch is like when you fill up a cup of water and you're adding like one more drop so it doesn't overflow and they're always like doing that and then sometimes it overflows and they're like a new glass we'll do a new glass and so it's been frustrating because we we finally found out like why matchmaking has been so bad because they were essentially like not matching people correctly they were they were matching whole squads just based on what you were bringing to the table, but not based on each role. So like essentially if I was a really good tank player and I was teamed up with the rest of my squad, they could essentially team up one of my support players with someone who was on the same level as me as a tank, but support. So like I could then be playing a tank that I would roll really bad. And in Overwatch, that's essentially winning every game. So they just kicked off a new season yesterday. I haven't even gotten a chance to really get into it, but like, that will be what I'm playing every single day, no matter how angry it makes me. And just this <laughs> attempt to get better and better and better. Because at one point I was like really well ranked globally. And now I'm like shit again. So <laughs> this is my this is my battle. This is my it's like soccer. This is my where's my trophy. And yeah, it's Overwatch. And then when I have to take a break, I, I play some Witcher 
and try and like stop eating. But I did just beat Elden Ring last week. Ooh. Congratulations. Wow. Oh, yeah. okay. Okay. That's a that's a I big know. time commitment. That is. Yeah, my first from software game. It was mine too. And I haven't yeah. beat it yet, but I think I have like 40 hours locked into it. Really enjoyed it. Enjoy- yeah. yeah, because I've tried the other ones and honestly, like I just did. I Maybe it's because I'm an Aries. I just did not <laughs> like getting my ass kicked over and over and over and Fair. over again it's like most people wouldn't enjoy that on paper no but then you get yeah. people who are like that's what it's about and i'm like no <laughs> not about that and then Elden ring was like you can get on a horse and fuck off and i'm like oh Ick. i can get really <laughs> strong and then i can go back to that guy again and i can fuck him up in one shot i'm yeah. in so i also like summoned everybody every boss that i beat summoned <laughs> i'm in no shame i would the summon summons guys are there for a reason you know Thank you. It's built into the game. It's built into the game for a reason. I think the best part about it was like just looking at the name, you know, like half of them were like blurred out, you know, like asterisked out because someone was probably writing something <laughs> stupid. Sometimes it would just be like, Sir Frog. And I'm like, hell yeah, Sir Frog, come help me. And then it would just be this guy with like that weird head on and he would be naked otherwise. <laughs> with a yeah. little prisoner. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But he had like the Albanaric head. So he had that weird fucking look at <laughs> People, people kill me. Like the, the stuff they would show up in. Like they would just appear out of the ground in like the most ridiculous getup, and I'd be oh like, my "Oh, gosh. we're gonna fuck this guy up." Like, I have done. arrived. It was yeah. interesting to hear you say that because that's exactly why I think I got into Elden Ring. Um, I also couldn't get into any of the other ones. It was the idea that I could go somewhere and farm and get powerful as hell. And then my husband and I actually played it as co-opy as we could. Like we would summon each other into each other's games and do Aww. all the bosses together. And it was so fun. And that's one of my hopes for the next game is that they make the experience more seamless when it comes to playing with other people. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> summoning was like always so broken. Just like doing the furled finger remedy and then like no <laughs> shows up and then like negating it and I'm trying again. I'm getting trigger it now just talking about it. I can't go back to that dark place. I'm still so, so mad bad. about it. It's still so it broken. So I, I did it once towards the end. I was on that like fucking the island that's floating out there. What is it? Mm-hmm. The crumbling fair Missoula, I think it's called. And uh, also whoever comes up with these names like therapy. Like they're <laughs> the names and the characters in this game. Like I look at From Software stuff and I'm like, you guys all need therapy and Jesus. There's <laughs> something wrong with you but yeah so i summoned someone and then i forgot that like when you summon that means you can also be invaded and i was like fighting a really tough guy on this elevated area and like someone came out of nowhere and i panicked and rolled off and i had like you know a hundred thousand runes or something ridiculous and then i tried to go back and get them and got wrecked by one of those crazy wolverine looking ass things so yeah elden ring (laughs) i beat it hell yeah you did i beat it fuck you (laughs) 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 that's what i'm doing i'm getting angry and overwhelmed and i'm reveling and beating i feel like you need a farm sim in your life you need a dreamlight valley experience (laughs) in there i'm joining i had my friend over a few nights ago and we played overcooked oh that's also intense though i know you think it's gonna be a fun time and then you're like hating each other by the end of it (laughs) two aries playing overcooked i was like the house is gonna burn down like (laughs) in real life not in the game (laughs) yeah yeah we're gonna kill each other because she was screaming about the rats taking my food and i think you guys are kind of making it clear that i need to play a game that calms me down (laughs) Yeah, you know, Stardew Valley, I know that's everyone's go-to cliche, but it's a good place to start. Sims is usually my thing. Like, I just go into the Sims and I build a beautiful house I'll never be able to afford. And <laughs> and I look at it I can appreciate longingly. that. That was my <laughs> Animal Crossing island. It was like all of my mm. wild decorating dreams come to life. Buying, like, I- I'm air quotes, buying, like, 
as many pillow patterns as I want and rugs and laying down different kinds of wallpaper and flooring, like things that cost like a lot of money in real life. <laughs> you change oh, your yeah. flooring in your house and that is like a once a one time thing per home ownership. Like that's it. <laughs> yeah, I live in an apartment in Brooklyn. I can't even paint my fucking walls. Like I'm having a blast in The Sims or in Animal Crossing because I'm like, oh, I can, it doesn't have to be this weird buttercream color. Like I can like... <laughs> Why is I it can hang buttercream? That's why, why you should come that join color? us in Disney's Dreamlight Valley. I've honestly, I've been thinking about it. I think I've just been scared that like as soon as I do it, it's going to be like Animal Crossing when mm-hmm. my mm-hmm. every yep. moment of it my will. life, I was just like this. Rihanna and I aren't even going to try to tell you otherwise. It 100% will. It well, absolutely. I'm going to play it. That's easy. Good. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. I, I did tweet about the game. And my husband got mad that I tweeted about the game. Take a shot, everybody. Yes, my husband, John Drake, works at Disney and works on this game. Did I maybe pass along some notes that if he wanted to slip it to the team at Game Labs? <laughs> Who could say? Who could say? You mean uh, increase the iron ore drop rate, please? Please. I am just going to say, I was playing a game last night. I can't mention which game it was. And I did see that you were on, Andrea. And I did see you were playing Dreamlight Valley. And I had this image conjured in my head of you mining all of this iron. And I was hoping <laughs> that you were getting all of the materials that you want that you talked about last week. Oh, I appreciate Friendship. you. I was mining last night. I only have like a couple quests left, but I'm trying to, there's a couple big crafting items that I want to make. One of them is this really amazing Mickey water tower and it takes a hundred iron ingots and it's just, I, it's a lot of iron. Everything takes iron, the lights, the crafting tables, some of the furniture, lots of stuff, but we're not going to go down that, the resources (laughs) tangent that I went on last time. It's excited because they released this week a new trailer showcasing some of the content that's coming on February 16th in the next update. The Festival of Friendship is what it's called. Um, that's the most JRPG-ass thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I know. It's great. So we're getting two new characters in the valley. We're getting Olaf from Frozen, who I love because I've been watching a ton of Olaf with my daughter or a ton of um, Frozen with my daughter. And then, of course... Our other bay, Mirabelle from Encanto, and she's bringing Casita with her, which is the magical house that's in the movie. So I think a lot of people are very excited about those two universes. Obviously, the Frozen universe is already in Dreamlight Valley with um, the sisters and with Kristoff, but Olaf is going to be fun. And the possibilities for where they could take Casita and the characters from Encanto is really exciting to wonder about, like, who from the rest of the Encanto magical family are they eventually going to bring in? There's a lot of fun theories floating around online. And then, as we mentioned, in the Nintendo Direct, we got a nice look at stuff coming later in the spring from The Lion King. So, lots lots happening. All Just right, m- fine. I'll download it. I'll download <laughs> Do it. <laughs> it's so fun. We got one. <laughs> Another one. <laughs> <laughs> we did it, Joe. He's playing Disney Dreamlight Valley. There's, there's so many quests to do. It's, there's I, so many. I finally saw someone talk about it as a mashup game. How it's an action adventure and life sim mashup, and I was like, actually, yeah, it is because there's so many actual gameplay things to do that in life sims you don't really get a lot. I mean, you always mm-hmm. have story and things to do, but there's, I think, equal amounts of let's farm and mine and do all of that and also like hey there's all of these quests with actual storylines to do them it's fun Bree, what's your what's your bullshit app <laughs> i wrote bullshit? in the note same shit different day in disney dreamlight valley <laughs> uh-huh. 
uh, yeah, more of that. I, I just got Anna to my island or to my valley. So working through a lot of the, the content there. But what's more exciting for me is watching my mom play games. So she's getting more into games on her Switch. She subtly asked me five separate times in three different phone calls uh, to get her a new controller. I barely noticed. And of course, then Wait, I had to how, send one to how her subtle, house. How subtle are we talking? Oh, it was like video chat, like showing me the 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 little Joy-Con and how small it was and how she was not able to control her nozzle and power wash. So, so she needs, a, she needs a pro controller. She has one now. Okay. She has two now. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> yes, they have been purchased and sent to the house. But um, did you tell yeah, her she's about been... the toggle in Power Wash Simulator? Because I don't know if she Alana knows about Pierce, friend of the show, you know, internet personality, tweeted a video or Instagrammed a video from her show where she got by her co-host about the power wash simulator toggle, how she was like, oh, my hand hurts so bad because you have to hold down the oh. trigger to keep the nozzle going in her. And <laughs> they were like, um, you know, that there's you can you can toggle it. So it's just on all the time. It's on. It's yeah. just on. You don't have to hold the button though. And she was like, I'll double check. What? <laughs> yeah. So make sure, make sure mama knows about the toggle. I, I will double check. How to God that wasn't the real issue. But regardless, she didn't need <laughs> controller. She was very much struggling. But yeah, I'll let I'll let Mama V know about the toggle. But she's playing Power Simulator because she saw us cover it and it winning so many awards on the Spawnies. And she was like, This game must be really good. I'm gonna download it and try it. I was like, Great. I love that for you. And so <laughs> it was very, my, very cute. My wholesome. mom can't even get a picture on her iPhone. <laughs> 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 well, the, the cool part is, so my mom was an engineer in many of her years in her career. And so I also recommended that she try Baba Is You, which is not new, but it's a really fun game. It's a puzzle game, but it's sort of based in coding language. So you are pushing and pulling different words on a screen to make phrases, coding phrases, that will change the way that you interact with the things on the, in the puzzle level. So she's gotten super into it. She's already like at world two. And I'm just really proud of her. She's just trying new games and she's asking me for more recommendations. And so awesome. I just wanted to give her a quick shout out. Hell yeah. Ah, yeah. Your mom's awesome. You will. <laughs> but yeah, she's it. really getting into Switch. Well, turns out Nintendo Switch so on a roll. <laughs> they are. <laughs> she's one of the how many million? 122.55. Wow. But don't forget, Brittany has four of them just in her house. So. <laughs> oh, and so do you, baby girl. Yeah, yes, I do. Yes, because I made John get us the, the Disney Zoom Zoom Japanese editions back when those came out. Also, can you believe that the Switch has been out for six years now? Before no. we launched what's wow. good. That's what gets me. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Is it bad that I want one just because I think mine is the ugly old one? Yes. And I that's why we one. have multiple switches. That they yeah. know. Like I saw this Splatoon one and I was like, those colors are. No, I'm actually surprised now that we're talking about this that we didn't get a Zelda. Con it still might come out. They might announce There's time. It. There's time. It's that. I'm telling you, it's that chip. It's that chips shortage. I'm sure mm. of it. Didn't they say, though, that like, oh, that was Sony. Like, oh, it's fine. It's all fixed now. Well, that was for. PSVR 2, though. Yeah. So, I mean, yes, and, mm. and the chip shortage is, you know, mostly resolved, but there's specific architecture inside the Switch, and they were having trouble. I don't know if Nintendo has resolved that. They clearly are still selling a bunch of Switches. It almost feels like they yeah. could just pull some of the regular Switches back and be like, let's just skin those boys. So, yeah. again. I mean, I love a pretty, I love a pretty, give me something pretty. 
I saw Here Reed. Nintendo, Nintendo said that the, the semiconductor and other component shortages were resolved. Oh, great. Great. Like, great news. Give, give us a new thing. Give me something pretty. I saw Reed and Danny talking about that new Xbox controller. Ooh. I know that you appreciate pretty things. You talking Remember about that when, purple when, like, one? Yes, <gasps> that purple yes, one. Yes, oh so God. pretty. Oh, <sighs> it's iridescent. It's so beautiful. I can't like remember when how cool like the when we were you know I mean it's like the late nineties early aughts like how cool everything looked like see through Game Boys and like the oh my ice gosh yes everything. clear yes. electronics can we bring that yeah. back yeah, yeah the Xbox probably, they did the clear like oh the man, green Halo so cool. one yeah. I saw it on display yes, yes. well since we're talking about controllers. I'm oh, going to yeah, take this opportunity to be like, I put up an unboxing on the What's Good Games channel where I've unboxed the DualSense Edge controller mm. that PlayStation sent me. So thank you to Sony and PlayStation for sending this over. I haven't gotten the chance to put it through its paces yet. I'm going to need some good Destiny um, hours logged with, before I can give like final impressions. But <laughs> I did want people who are... Or Apex, <laughs> listen, I, I'm down to try it. I did tell Khalid that I was going to download predecessor so i feel like i have to do that first then apex Fair. can it can happen after that but if you're interested in the unboxing video you can check it out i also put up a short because we're practicing with shorts on our youtube channel now so if you guys aren't subscribed to our youtube channel youtube.com slash um please check it out but yeah just wanted to give a little plug for that video so hopefully if you want to you can check it out but I haven't played with it yet. But yes, clear controllers. Bring them back. I'm all in Bring for them it. Back. Pretty stuff. Bring back cute shit. Like, I don't know. I can't help but think that Xbox put out those controllers because, like, remember, like, two years ago, PlayStation was like, these are our space-themed controllers, and they were just, like, single-colored dual senses, the, like, the pink and the red and the blue, and then Xbox was like, ours is going to look like the Galaxy. <laughs> oh, they've always <laughs> dominated the custom oh, controller yeah. game. Like, yeah, they do. They like, do okay. Stuff. But yeah, Xbox is like amazing. All of their custom controllers are great. They are. I mean, their design lab. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. oh. I never used to care about controllers until this generation. And now I'm kind of, I even bought a controller rack, a display rack. Yes. Like, well, you can see it in my apartment now. And I'm like, I put the ugly ones in the back. My friends, my friends come in and they're like, that's pretty. I'm like, you don't even play games. Isn't she nice? And I'll take her out. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like part of my room decor. Like you can make gaming cute. You can. Absolutely. There's so Is many she- different great display systems now too for both consoles and for controllers. And it's just it's just wonderful. Celebrate your nerd dumb friends. Yeah. Excellent. Well, um, before we wrap the show, I did want to quickly talk about what you do at Kotaku because I know we haven't really... <laughs> I talked about that at all. We've just been talking about video games. But <laughs> so your official title is senior editor. And that means that you write stuff, right? Yeah. And edit yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah. And edit um, stuff. Ca- caused, a, caused a company and country and uh, industry-wide freak out over what people wear to the Game Awards. Yes. Yes, I <laughs> loved that article. <laughs> I didn't know you wrote that. I love that, that article. Me. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Phil Spencer, you put on a suit. <laughs> Yeah, but I, I basically, you know, I have a little small baby. I have a team of little babies underneath me. I have like direct little babies that are growing in the industry. Kotaku's great at hiring people who, you know, may be marginalized traditionally in the industry and like helping them grow as writers and journalists and reporters. So my day to day is editing, deciding what's a good news story, giving people ideas for angles and helping them with interviews and just kind of like, you know, developing my little babies. And yeah, occasionally sending a spicy tweet about how, you know, maybe 
maybe you should wear like a nice fucking outfit to like the Oscars of video games. <laughs> Everyone did this year. They looked really cute. It's like they That's took all- your criticism to heart and were like, we don't want to get put on blast on Kotaku again. Just, we I better like to say you it. have to spend money. You don't have to like have money. I was just saying like, you know, maybe it's because we're all women in the industry and we know that like if I wore a fucking T-shirt and, and pants to an event, people would be like, OK, why are you wearing a T-shirt and pants to an event? So I was just like, bring me that energy, you know, bring me a little bit more. I mean, re brought it. Re and Danny oh, brought it. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. The 70s realness of it. I was living. It was so uh, good. That was fun. That was actually a backup plan. There, there was an original outfit that did not end up working out at all. No. <laughs> but it worked out. I just think people should have fun. Like, it doesn't need to be like, you know, oh, my God, fashion. But, like, have some fun with it. Show your personality. Like, if I go next year, it's going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> well, then you should come. Have you never been? I want to. I've never been. No. I've oh, never been. what? It's so fun yeah. to go in person. And we, as an outlet, streamed one year, you know, from from home. And, you know, I think that was the pandemic year, right? But mm-hmm. I think like, there's just something really like special and magical about being in that room with a bunch of people that you converse with online and a bunch of creators whose work that, you know, you appreciate and work that inspires you. And I think Jeff Keeley, the executive producer of the show, along with his entire team that runs the show with him, just does such a great job of putting it together. And it's so I'd nice too, to because everyone. running into people at E3 and PAX is always fun, but we're always, mm-hmm. right? But at the Game Awards, you actually get to chat and say yeah. hi and say hello. How's it going? You look lovely. And I think that's something that's very refreshing. You get to just... Yeah, that's what I want. I want to hang out with everyone. Yes, come well, join us. Kotaku said they're going to send me next year to do a fashion segment. So, ooh, okay, let me get ready now. Next year, you mean this year? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it's the same. Twenty twenty three. Jesus Christ! It is February. <laughs> I don't even want to think about it. We're getting close to my to my birthday, and I'm just, pandemic really made me not want to think about getting older. I feel that. Yeah, I, I think have we stopped aging. I have a, a milestone birthday later this year. You know, turning 21 is something that I've been looking forward to my whole life. I'm not laughing. She's being serious. Why are you guys laughing so hard, though? Finally come out with us and drink legally. Like, it's really been stressful, you know. You've learned so much about wine and some Using my sister's fake for this long has been challenging, okay? (laughs) Oh, boy. We're just going to... Put that one on the shelf and we'll come back to it some other time. (laughs) (laughs) I just feel like there's so many things that I could ask you about, you know, your job and and what you do. And I think like, you know, for people that are listening, something that we always get is, you know, like, how did you get started in your job? Which is like a big question. I'll let you either answer that one or another one that we get all the time is like, you know, like, what is like your favorite part about your job? So you could answer one think, or both up to you. I think getting started is a story that I think you hear from a lot of people. Like it took a long time. I was trying to start my own website when I first got out of college and um, put a bunch of money into something that didn't work out because it just kind of fell through. And then I sort of gave up on it for a while and I just worked other jobs. And for a while, I've had every job under the sun. We should Bartender. compare some time. Like, I've yes, some, like, I've, had I've some done them ones, man. <laughs> all. Yeah, I've done them all. Like, I'll talk to people and I'll be like, yeah, so when I was managing a hair salon, they're like, what? <laughs> like, yeah, when I was a substitute teacher, they're like, at what point? 
<laughs> so yeah, it, it took a while and it, and I kind of gave up for a bit and I went back to school. I got my master's in literature and I wrote my dissertation on games. And I think that was like, you know, me trying to establish a, a voice in the industry, even though it was like academia leaning. And then I came back to, I, I got my master's abroad. So I came back to the country. I worked a bunch of jobs. I got a job writing at a small tech startup for like kind of their marketing team. And then one day, Games Radar had a job opening and I applied and I'll never forget. I went to the uh, <laughs> I went to the interview in an interview outfit dressed appropriately, but it was uh, the semifinal or the quarterfinal game of the Women's World Cup. So I had the jersey stuffed in my bag. That was like, as soon as I get out, I got to put it back on for good luck. And <laughs> yeah, then I got the job and I stayed with Games Radar for a couple of years. And then Kotaku had this opening and, you know, Kotaku is always like for a lot of people, a, a really ideal place to to be in the industry you know whether it's a stop along the way or a place you stay forever it's you're gonna learn so much there and i got it just i've only been there since november guys has not been that long a little scary but yeah it it took a while i did not think i would be like you know almost in my 30s before i like really broke in and it felt disheartening you know felt like you wouldn't get there felt like there was no point and um that's why i really like that i have like a team of little babies that I'm like, oh, you're so young. I'm so proud of you. Look at you. You did it. <laughs> and I, my really favorite thing. too, right? Yes. Yeah. I feel like I can kind of be like, you know, listen, take a second too. And like, because the industry is so fast and there's so much that people have to say all the time. And you put things online and people say stuff about it. It can be really daunting. And sometimes I just have to be like, you know, I don't want to sound like an old lady, but t- stop for a second and like realize that you're you're in a job that you dreamed about. You're in a job that you always wanted. And when I played video games in, you know, the late 90s, my parents were like, you're going to grow out of it. This is weird. Like, you're a girl. I don't get it. And then I got the job. And I remember I called my dad and I was like, I got a job in video games. <laughs> Remember when you said it was stupid? <laughs> it's like, I'm like a viral comic. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, they're so proud of me. But, you know, the, at the, in the time, my dad didn't understand why I spent my entire summer call, like summer job wage on a 360 so I could play Halo 3. He was like, I don't understand why you did this. I think it's stupid. Like, didn't you want to buy a car? I'm like, mm, I also really wanted to play Halo 3. <laughs> one or the other and technically they both took me places so on that (laughs) oh my god that was brilliant (laughs) but yeah I mean my my favorite part of the job is like I don't know like I get to somebody asked me what I do in passing and I'm like I you know I work in games cool I get to also dress the way that I want look the way that I want talk about things that I love and sometimes yeah it can it can be a little like oh my god the lines between fun and job have blurred and I'm a little tired and if one more person asks me about the last of us I'm gonna explode (laughs) (laughs) Now that it's got mainstream appeal, everyone's like, oh, my God, that new show. I'm like, I know. Yeah, I know. It was a video game. Isn't that crazy? Oh, nuts. But it's I mean, come on. It's like you you play and you work. Can't not love it. You know, I go, I can live in an apartment and occasionally spend too much money at, at dinner because of a job that I have that's rooted in something that I thought was just a hobby. So it's great. I love that. I love that you've got such a positive attitude about it. I think it's easy, especially when you've been in the industry or doing anything for a long time to kind of forget about the shiny part of it, right? Like the exciting part about the passion. And so many people want to do it and want to work in this business. But as you mentioned, it's a lot of work. Like it's not like we just, you know, sit down at the desk to work and we just pick up our controller, our fancy space purple controller, and (laughs) just play games for the day. Like there's this like illusion that that's it. But I think even though it's a lot of hard work, 
and playing games isn't as much of a part of it, I think, as we all would like it to be. <laughs> no, it's um, not. That's why we have a list of shit we don't play. Correct. Because there's just not <laughs> enough hours in the day to actually do the work and play the game. <laughs> but it still is a really amazing industry to be a part of. How have you kind of looked at what's been happening with all of these games media layoffs happening? I mean, I see so many of my friends and my timeline talking about what's happening to them. And it's kind of scary. I mean, it kind of feels like games gaming media is finally having like the 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 pivot that we've all seen coming yeah i think it's like you know it's super disheartening and it's upsetting because like most of the time it's because the larger at least from what i understand the larger company behind these sites are you know they're looking for money they're looking for ways to make money and i think they they overshoot maybe they overhire they overinvest or they just like fundamentally don't understand what they have and that happens like so often because i think you know we've been enjoying games for a really long time but the way that people understand games and the way that people understand games journalism games criticism is like still so like for the person who's not in the industry it's like i will talk to someone and it's just like it's like rocket science to them like you could just see their eyes glaze over like you know people talk about movies maybe that's how they felt back in the day when people were first writing about movies but like that was a medium that you know came something that's prestigious critiquing movies is prestigious you know ebert and roper type shit like you are respecting this it's art and i think once we realize once we reconcile that, once we realize that like that's what video games are too, it's just they happened newer and you and they're they're powered by a technology that you maybe don't understand or they do something that you don't understand. I think once we recognize that and we recognize how many people are still looking for reliable, genuine, personable content from people who are looking to give you good advice or who are, are just genuinely excited about something and they're not just parroting something because they have to. I think that's when you know, we can give the industry and the people who work in it like what it deserves. Like for a lot of people, it's more a viable option to like, it's sad to say, but like if you're getting let go of these at these sites and you feel like there's not a lot of job openings, like this is when you you make a Twitch. This is when you write on the on on your own. It's when you get on Medium and publish stuff. It's when you do freelance. Like we're taking freelance pitches for Valentine's Day shit. Like hit me up. Like we will pay you right for us, you know? And it sucks. But in a lot of the ways that this industry right now, like you kind of have to be your own champion if someone else isn't. And I hate that. I just want all of us to be working and writing and being happy. And it's scary. Like yes. I, all of my friends are like, I didn't expect any of this the last few weeks. I don't think anybody did. And I just hope that the people who are running this stuff can realize like you can make money. You just have have to like be smart about it you're your own champion i think that is so much i think you know for i know for me when i first started it feels awkward right it feels awkward yeah. to be like hey i have this many followers and i make this content it gets this views and my specialty is this and this but if you don't i guarantee you there are 10 of the art and they're going to get prioritized over you because they made the effort and I was just having this conversation with a friend of mine um, has hundreds of thousands of subscribers on YouTube and loves a particular brand, but has yet to make a formal introduction to a certain company. And I'm like, dude, there's so much money for you to be made and so much opportunities for you to be had, but you haven't made that introduction because you just assumed they would know who you are. And yeah, it's, it's, I mean, I think a lot of people just don't know like the, the way that like it's so easy to like write off something like if, if there's a link in an article that's like about an xbox controller and it's a link to buy that controller like that's how sites and people make money like at the end of the day like no one at a reputable site is going to hawk something that they don't believe in you would like to believe that right you would like to say that like i like this controller here's where you can buy it 
And I think that that's the fundamental misunderstanding is like they're lame the way that people have talked about the media for the last five, 10 years. And you know who I'm talking about. But, you know, we're not here to do at least most of us aren't here to be deceptive and deceiving. We're here to talk about shit that we love and like. I'm going to tell you, like, you said, oh, I like this headset. What is it? I'm like, I don't fucking remember. Oops. Oh, I, I saw because you. you tilted your head forward. It says <laughs> Lucid Sound on the top. It's a good headset. Uh, Lucid okay, Sound yeah, is great. They make great stuff. Yeah. It's a great headset. It's like, you know, we get them. I have a pile of them and I give them to my friends. And I'm like, this one's really good. I really like this one. Or my friend texted me. I will never forget. A week ago, I was extremely drunk, blathered on the, bleach in Mi- on the beach in Miami for my, I just got engaged and we were celebrating. Congratulations. Oh, congratulations. And my friend texted me and he was like, I need a PlayStation headset. And you're like, and I was okay. Like, uh, what was the name of the one that I got? I'm like trying to remember. <laughs> and I gave him like a one that I reviewed at my old site but that I genuinely loved. And he he called me like two days ago and he was like, yo, this headset rocks. And I'm like, dude, I, was, I, was, I wasn't just going to tell you to go buy something that was, you know, an expensive headset that I didn't like. And I think it's just rectifying that, like knowing that like there's ways for sites to make money on things that like people have tested people do like people will vouch for and it's not so much shoehorning stuff in there that doesn't belong or spending too much money on an ad campaign or not understanding the way that a website works and i think that's what happens at these big media companies sometimes you see video games you see money you see 122 million fucking units sold and you see dollar signs but there's people there people that do stuff behind it and i'm just hoping we can figure it out because i hate seeing my friends lose jobs and i hate seeing people be scared because the industry is good <laughs> the industry is doing well as we can tell i just want everyone to do well is everyone just pay my friend <laughs> <laughs> right? yes pay I mean, pay we, people like preach like we're in the same boat <laughs> we would love to hire more people and we would love to expand and do a lot more but we absolutely understand that times are tough right now and you know we're yeah. primarily financed you know by our patrons at on, on patreon and it's it's tough out there for everybody. And I think the it, thing that I'm like curious about is like why there's been less and less engagement with traditional games media and you know, where is all of that fandom and community going? Are people just not engaging with any kind of media anymore of that type? Or are they only watching streamers or only looking at people on YouTube? Or do they just find yeah, their one site and that's all they look at anymore? And, you know, it, yeah, it just it's feels a like a that. lot of shrinkage has happened in the last 10 <clears throat> years it's, yeah it's a lot of that i think like the push to pivot to video like even though it didn't work on facebook or it didn't work in other places it's the reason why tiktok's popular it's the reason why there's a whole gaming vertical on tiktok that's I- i'm perpetually on tiktok acting like i'm younger than i am and sending my <laughs> friends aiming tiktoks and i'm like this is 2.5 million likes and like i've never seen or heard of this person before but they're reviewing something or they're they're talking about something. It's a mix of like everything getting like smaller and then bigger at the same time. Like I can't tell you how many times we'll post a story and someone will be like, TLDR, this is everything that was in the story, like in a comment. And I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> like somebody is doing time that? to write this. <laughs> like I have to eat. Like, please, please don't do that. So yeah, I, I no, think it's a lot of people's wanting to getting smaller and shorter like you said and tiktok like i've been surprised by the stuff i post on there i have like 200 followers like i just started posting and i'll post random shit about goro majima from yakuza very niche but it'll get twenty six thousand views and i'm like yeah what <laughs> tiktok is so weird the like, algorithm man about game stuff yeah no one's ever interacted with my game stuff but i get a tiktok that goes viral of me like making my friends dress italian for my birthday dinner and it went like more viral than anything else i've ever done and i think people think i'm like you know if you just went to that that video you'd be like oh she's an italian influencer 
<laughs> I'm just trying to make people more Italian every day. It's like, it's not what I do. Italian lessons. I mean, that would be a fun it's, job, though. Uh, if, if you could just like go to Italy and then you just that's your job is just to make videos about Italy. Being Italian. I, I think mean, I, I think I need that job. I don't I'm not Italian, but I mean, it's OK. I'm not as Italian as I pretend to be. Don't ask for my ancestry information. Especially after they adjusted everything and they're like, actually, you're more Polish. I'm like, shh. <laughs> we'll just keep that between us. Uh, well, listen, I know internet. it's getting late for you on the East Coast. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show with us, to talk to us about video games and to, to kind of give us a peek into the world over at Kotaku and all of the work that you're doing there. If people want to follow you and find you and read your stuff, where are some of the best places to do that? Um, on at Kotaku. <laughs> <laughs> Kotaku.com. Um, you can also go to Kotaku's Twitter account. I write for them. Um, not as much as I used to write, but still quite a decent amount when I get when I get a feeling. And um, also I'll go to my Twitter, twitter.com slash is it Alyssa underscore Merck? I think so. I changed it a little while ago. And then you can find links to that. And then read all my my baby stuff at Kotaku. They're amazing writers. They're not babies. I'm not infantilizing you guys. I love you. Um, you just feel like my children because I don't have any yet. They're great. And they do a lot of really hard work. And I'm really proud of everything that they do. And you should go read it. And you should also go read and subscribe to people and content creators that you like. And if they aren't at big websites, you should be throwing bands at them if you can. All the money. That's how we stay alive and afloat. And we get good voices out there that are people you can trust. And yes, God Church. bless. We will put all of your <laughs> we will put all of your links in the show notes so people can come and find you. And thank you so much for being on the show. Hopefully we'll get thank to see you IRL at one of the things very soon. And we will see y'all next week. Bye everybody. Bye.